Welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, Patty here, your host. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Wealth and Purpose podcast. And I received a lot of responses to last week's podcast about a conversation I had with my dad. And so for that reason, probably for a few reasons, I'm going to continue stories of my dad surprising me with his opinion and his ability to change his mind and see things in different ways. And the reason is because I think right now there's there's more and more polarization happening, at least in the States there is. But based on news reports I saw in um, on some international broadcasts, it looks like there's some things happening in other countries as well that concern me that, that not just our country that I live in is becoming more polarized, but the world. And the problem with polarization is that, like I said last week, is we get into this space where everything becomes an us or them. It's an either or, and we really need both end thinking right now, both and space for people. We need to leave space for people to hold different opinions than we hold and still be good humans and then have them do that for us as well. Because that's how we get to higher ground. That's where we make space for healing and love and transformation. So um, that's one reason why I'm going to share the story I'm going to share with you today. The other reason is that it's been a pretty brutal week emotionally for me. Last week was my father's birthday. Sunday was Father's Day without him. And then Monday was the anniversary of my mom's death. Now, my mom's been gone eight years. And this has to do with her as well, this story. But I realized it seemed to be affecting me far more than it had in previous years. And I couldn't figure out why until I realized that typically at this time of year, when COVID isn't going on, when the pandemic isn't going on, I have a lot of things that I'm working on at once. There's usually an activity going on with my business. Usually a class is launching or something like that is going on. And because usually I launch in the spring and then uh, I chair two events at the kids' school that happen at the end of the year and the kids are finishing up school and they both belong to travel sports. So it's just a very hectic time of year. I don't think I ever had this kind of slow pace around this time. When my mom died, she died of complications from cancer. And what I mean by that is I just, she had cancer and she deteriorated. At first, we thought she was going to be okay and, and she ultimately wasn't. And really the ending was a three-week journey. 
where we thought, you know, she was going to cross any minute. It actually ended up being three weeks. And so what I realized without the distractions was that this time of year is very triggering for me. I guess I'd always see things that would make me tear up and, and kind of remind me of that time with her, but it never been as slow paced as it is right now. And so I could really feel it all. And then the same with my father, he died last year. So this was my second of his birthdays without him and father's day. But last year, you know, I was the executrix of his estate. And so there was so much work to do around him. I don't think I really kind of experienced the full grief that came with him not being here for those events. So just that alone had me remembering that time. And so this story is from that time. So my mom, um, like I said, she had been in an ongoing, I hate to say the word battle, but she was going back and forth with cancer, (laughs) trying to win to stay here with us for close to three years. There were times where we thought she was cancer-free. But then there was a day where I came to see her and I realized that she was in the process of exiting her body, not staying here with us. And I saw that energetically. It was just something that shifted in her eyes. And I knew that her time had come. You know, she was with the increased pain that came from the um, tumors that were growing inside of her, you know, she was on morphine and, and I was staying with her a lot. So I was, I was fairly sleep deprived because she would get up in the middle of the night and be walking around and I always wanted to be by her side. So that's sort of the backdrop to this story. Another piece of information that's important for the story is that as I've mentioned before, I was raised Catholic. Well, my parents were very Catholic. (laughs) They followed the letter of the law to the church and my mother wanted to be cremated. But really the church's allowance of cremation only happened probably in the last, I don't know, couple of years before she had died. Before that, I don't believe it was something that was approved of, or if it was approved of, it was sort of looked down upon. But my mom being a practical woman as well knew that cremation was less expensive and she just did not want a lot of money spent on her in that way after she was gone. And so she had researched it, decided cremation was the best bet. Now, over the months that led up to her crossing, she had talked to me about you know, going with her to the funeral home, doing her funeral arrangements ahead of time. We just never gotten there. When it was coming so close to her crossing and she wasn't crossing, my concern was that we weren't doing enough to let her go. And I asked my father if he wanted to go and take care of everything and he, her funeral arrangements, and he did. So we went and I braced myself for him chafing at the idea of cremation because he wasn't the type to stay up to date on what the church believed, sort of like whatever was there. <laughs> like when he was young, that was the rules. And I knew it's what my mom wanted. And I was ready to, to advocate for what she wanted. And then I wasn't going to push that hard because really, you know, it was his wife. As soon as we sat down with the funeral director, he said, okay, my wife would like to be cremated. 
so I was felt just the a breath of air come through me at the thought that this was not something we were going to have to discuss and negotiate over. And so we went through the book and picked out an urn and the other choices. And so we were getting ready to wrap up and my father said, okay, well, what are we going to use at the memorial service or the funeral? And the man said, you know, that was the funeral director said, well, I I don't understand what you're saying. And he goes, well, what are we going to actually bury? And so the funeral director looking confused as was I said, well, the urn, you know, what you picked out. And he said, oh, well, I, that's what I'm going to keep on my dresser. And I said, dad, what do you mean you're going to keep it on your dresser? And he said, well, that's where her ashes are going to go. And it occurred to me that he suddenly did not think we were burying her ashes, which surprised me. I said, oh, dad, did you want to keep her ashes? And he said, yes, very calmly, as if that was the most logical thing in the world. Now, that may seem logical to you if you're not an uber Catholic, (laughs) but if you're an uber Catholic, you know, cremation goes as far as you can cremate the person, but you must bury them in a blessed cemetery. I was like, all right, well, I was, you know, I was uh, running on very low sleep and I just said, okay. And we left. I was not up for that fight. And I walked into their home. My sister was there and she asked me how it went. And I told her dad wants to keep mom's ashes. And she said, oh, hells no. (laughs) She would take care of it. And I was, I was very relieved that, and she was always good about taking over details like that, where I just had run my last race. But right after that, I went in to see my mom and I laid down with her and I was talking to her and just telling her we took care of everything, hoping that if that was maybe one extra string that was holding her tethered to her body, that that would give her the permission to go. And then I said, so mom, dad wants to keep your ashes on his dresser. And she said to me, well, now, isn't he a funny duck? And what I find so fascinating about him in this story and her is that that was not something my mom used to say about my dad. They had been together for, God, I think 50, close to 50 years, maybe not quite. She knew him well. To be surprised by what he did was very unusual because he was the same person all the time. And yet, even then, as she was just days away, from leaving this earth, she learned something she didn't know about my dad, that my dad still managed to surprise her. And in fact, he surprised us all because there was not a chance in in any scenario that I thought that my father would think that he was keeping the ashes on his dresser. It was so foreign from what was quote unquote allowed in the Catholic church. And my dad had never ever broken a Catholic rule. I mean, he, I think I've told the story about him going out and cracking his head open (laughs) because he went out in ice so that he could get to mass, you know, on Sunday. And so the fact that he was willing, because he didn't understand, he knew he would be breaking a rule, but respecting my mother and trying to do the right thing by her was even more important than a religion 
and a dogma and a doctrine and rules that he had followed to the letter his entire life. And that just amazed me. It amazed me that love and respect for my mother would allow him to show up in such a different way than he normally did. Now, the postscript to that story is my sister did have a conversation with him and my mother's ashes are buried alongside his now in their grave. But in that story, love allowed someone who was so set in his ways to show up so differently. And love let my mom be who he was going to be even at the very end of her life, even when she might've wanted something different, she in the end wanted him to be okay. And right now I just see so many people being angry with each other. And there's a feeling almost that if someone has a different opinion than you and you remain in a loving relationship with them, you remain in a caring, respectful relationship with them, almost that you're doing something wrong. That the only way to be truly an activist or a stand-up person or a person of values is that you dismiss, cut off, yell at people who think differently than you. And that's just the opposite of what I've known to be true. And on top of it, what I found is that if you can create that space for love, if you can create that space for respect, if you can create that space for another person to catch up to your views, oftentimes they have the ability to astound and surprise you. And I think right now we have to leave space for hearts to change. We need to create an opportunity for people to hold their views and walk with them and let them hear what we have to say and hear what they have to say and have a little patience for the end result to occur. Because right now we are all in a very contentious environment, in part because of a pandemic, in part because of social media being what it is, in part because media is what it is. But the thing is, media hasn't just become this. If it bleeds, it leads has always been true for media. So they're always going to sensationalize something if it's going to get people to watch or read more. But all these combining effects along with this heightened awareness that at least in the States, we have really, really let people of color, especially our black friends and neighbors down. It has created an environment that is ripe for transformation, but that transformation can only come if we love and respect each other, no matter how they show up. Doesn't mean we have to approve of what they do. It doesn't mean we have to agree with what they do. But if we have any hope that they will change and shift, it's going to come because of love. It's going to come because of respect. And it's going to become come because of listening. And so if you need proof that people can change, that you need proof that people can rise above their dogma, then I hope this story I just showed you, that I just told you will show you that that's possible. Because if my dad could think 
that he was going to keep ashes on his dresser for the rest of his life to honor what my mom wanted, possibly breaking the rules of the Catholic church, then I promise you people have the potential to change their minds and rise above their own dogma. Whatever is going on for you today, I wish you so much love. And I hope very much that whatever transformations are taking place in your life, that they're happening with joy and with peace. And if not with those two things, at least with a little ease today. Much love. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this podcast with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people. And it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you had to say about what you heard. I am cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.